What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, our still untitled hockey podcast. It is myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins breaking down the Stanley Cup conference finals between the Colorado Avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers out west and the New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning for the east. We recorded this during game one of the Oilers' abs. I stayed up to watch the end. Insane game. Edited the podcast this morning, Wednesday morning, June 1st. So we break everything down as the game is going on. It was actually a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. We give breakdowns. We have some debates. It was a lot of fun. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. Subscribe to us. Actually, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Thunderblog Sports is the handle there. I'm going to the Phillies game tonight. So if you are listening to this before that, follow that to see if I try to figure out whatever curse is on the Phillies bullpen because it's been atrocious. But enjoy this week's episode. It was a lot of fun. We'll see you for the Stanley Cup final. Here we go. of the podcast, still untitled Bullpen Card Hockey Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. That is right, we are finally back doing some hockey talk. We missed the second round because the month of May was wild for all three of us, work-wise. That is right, I'm joined once again by the two legends themselves. We'll start with the Prophet, who right now is leading our bracket challenge. We might get into that, maybe not. But Mr. Greg Piatelli, how are you? Jordy, doing great. Um, you know, he, a lot going on last couple of weeks, like you said. Not gonna, not gonna say I was disappointed by the Bruins' season ending uh, in the first round because um, you know we weren't hopeful, as previous podcasts would indicate. Uh, <laughs> you know, but at the same time. Uh, you know, be happy that it happened, right? That's be happy it happened. And Bergeron's retirement uh, uh, question mark is is forever looming over this Bruins offseason. So a little nervous about that, but excited to see this matchup we have in the West and then to uh, Western Conference and then to see sort of, uh, you know, if Tampa can, well, I, I'm, well, I'll save my takes for, for later. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. We got to introduce the third man in this three-man weave, Mr. Mark Higgins. How are you? Hey, Jordy. Doing great. Glad to be back on. Awesome time of the year. We got the final four going on in the NHL. Uh, Will Tampa three-peat? Are we going to have to listen to Rangers fans make the finals? And then we got, on the other side, the two best players going at it in the world, McKinnon, Dave McDavid. That's going to be a fun series to watch. I think the game's going on right now, but pumped to talk about it. Um, just not my bracket and the bracket challenge. So that's, that's a point <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> well, we will start with the West because you mentioned it. it's going on right now. Game one, Western Conference final, the Colorado Avalanche, the one seed coming out of the Central versus the two seed in the Pacific, the Edmonton Oilers, led by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreitseidel. They last met in 1998 
which Edmonton won coming down from a 3-1 deficit. This is Colorado's ninth time in the conference finals. Their most their most recent appearance being in 2002, which is crazy. Edmonton's most recent appearance in 2006. So we're getting a relatively new, even though both teams have had marquee players for so long, relatively new team coming out of the West. You mentioned it, the East, which we'll get to in a little bit. The Rangers, Tampa, they last faced each other in the Eastern Conference Final in 2015. But we're starting in the West. The two best players in the world going at it. We were, or at least I was very hard on Edmonton in the first round. I was dead wrong with the Kings series. Would have been dead wrong. I would have picked the the Flames in the second round. The Battle of Alberta was awesome. The only downside is that it ended in five games, ended on a little bit of controversy. But the Oilers come in here with McDavid and Dreitzeitel scoring 26 points each in 12 games. Nate McKinnon, 13 points in only 10 games because they swept the Predators in the first round and then went to six. Probably should have only been in five against the against the Blues. But this series has all the marquee matchups in the world. It's on TNT, thankfully. We can get into that. We can let Greg have you know his moment to shit on ESPN. But thankfully, it's on TNT. The first and foremost thing I think that needs to be said is this is probably the best possible scenario for the NHL, having one versus two on their marquee network. But Greg, we'll start with you. What do you think of this series? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest surprise to, I mean, my big, my, uh, the thing I'm most surprised about, I should say, sorry, that was a, a lot of big stutter there, but um, very surprised by Edmonton beating Calgary. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess in, in some ways I shouldn't be surprised just because of, you know, Edmonton or Calgary has choked. That's been their MO sort of since Gaudreau's been there, have a great regular season and then uh, sort of fold in, or falter in the playoffs. But at the same time, this team is different. This year was different for them. They got Trifoli, who stepped in, was a natural fit, seemed to like fit that system, that team perfectly. Uh, and they had the better goaltender. You know, I thought, at least I thought they had the better goaltender, right, um, going into it. So I was a little surprised that they didn't make it more of a series. I think they tried to play Edmonton's game, uh, if that makes sense, and tried to play a little bit of a run and gun, you know, offense beware type of offense and or game. And, you know, it's not going to beat Connor McDavid for whatever reason. Once he got out of the first round, turned everything around and became – the best player that he is in terms of the game today and and it's funny to think that like we're at a position now where he has elevated his game has elevated his team the whole narrative has been team 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 especially with tampa how they've won the last x amount of years it's been team 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 and it's like all right here's a guy and here's a team proving that all you need is the best player in a series and you can dominate and win no matter what so uh, it's good to see that. I shouldn't be surprised that Edmonds, Edmonton's here, but at the same time, I'm a little surprised because I thought Calgary would uh, would certainly have made it further and given them a run for their money. I thought this was this year would be different. Um, and then in terms of Colorado, I mean, this team, Claude Giroux looks like the biggest fool right now. He should have gone to Colorado. I mean, just an idiot. What a dummy. I mean... Sorry, I had to get a little shot in there. Mark? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, Mark, break this down. Sorry, I just had a great start there, but uh, I was on mute. Shit. But (laughs) yeah, this this is going to be one of the most premier series we've had in a long time. Like, we've been waiting for Connor McDavid and the Oilers to make a run for how many years? Like, and he's finally doing it and he's putting up historic numbers. Him and Dry Settle. I think, I mean, they have 26 points each. And the next, the person on Colorado has the highest has 13, Kale McCarr. So that's twice as many points granted. Uh, Colorado's played four more games. I mean, uh, Edmonton's played four more games. Uh, they've had two game sevens each and then Colorado swept Nashville and then they beat St. Louis in six. But like those two have had a historic run, like Gretzky, Mario Lemieux uh, level. But um, the head-to-head record for these two teams this season, Avalanche uh, went two and one, Oilers one oh and two. Um, I, it's going to be a great, you know, series. I, it's must watch TV, seeing some of these guys and the skill level that they have. Kale McCarr, Connor McDavid. I'm pumped to watch it. Um, as for my prediction, uh, obviously, I think the McDavid run ends here. I, I think they're defense and their goaltending won't be able to hand, handle uh, the avalanche and you know the deep lineup that they have. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch and uh, looking forward to it. Jordy, what do you think? No, I totally agree. I uh, Kind of what I alluded to about being dead wrong about the Flames and Greg hit the nail on the head of talking about the better goaltender. You know, Markstrom in that, in that Dallas series was excellent. And there was all this stuff about, you know, they won the first game nine to six and it took them like a, I think four periods to score as many goals as they did in that battle of Alberta series as they did against the stars. And then Edmonton rallies and, and ends up winning four in a row, which is pretty crazy to see. And, you know, all credit to Mike Smith. He looked really good in those two games in Edmonton. That third game was absolutely insane. The four goals in what, 67 seconds or something like that, or maybe it was more than that, 71 seconds, like a minute and 10 seconds. Um, those are all different values of time that I just listed off. So somebody correct me. But um, <laughs> anyway, but he looked really great there. But now he comes up against the team, Mark. You just mentioned it. That's so deep. Like, we'll, we'll talk about this Eastern Conference Series 2 and the depth on both both of those teams, but like you have guys that are a super young in Colorado that have stepped to the plate in a big way and seeing how they've been able to play really well. And like, yes, McDavid and Dreitzel are on historic scoring paces right here and, and seeing where they list up in terms of all time stuff where you see like eighties Gretzky and, and you know, other guys from those Oilers teams. And I think Lemieux was up there from the early nineties and, and seeing like that they could potentially, if they make this run, that's really great. But on the other side, you know, Colorado has guys like JT Comfer's had a really good start or has had a really good playoffs. You've seen, you know, obviously the, the best defenseman in the world in Kale McCarr looking absolutely fantastic. And it, I think it's something too of that three of the four teams have, you know, probably the perennial three finalists for the Norris going in there. And also, you know, two of them are. Vesna finalist and one's an MVP finalist in, in Igor, but we'll get to the East in a minute. But yeah, you know, Colorado's just done such a good job of building depth, not just in forwards, but in defense. They have Bo Byram, who's looked really good and, and has done a really good job shutting down, you know, the bottom six guys and really being able to, you know, play well there. The only thing that would concern me is if it does become any sort of track meet. We've seen Kemper struggle at times. You saw it a little bit at the end of that St. Louis series where let in some soft goals. St. Louis was able to grind it out. So if you start to see a little more of that physical play, you know, you're seeing Evander Kane scoring a ton of goals, 12 goals in 12 games to the first two rounds, which is insane. 
and just looking at that fucking prorated deal they signed him for in the middle of the season is absolutely nuts. But, like, he's been playing really well. Zach Hyman's been scoring a ton of goals. And, like, those guys like to just be those, like, nose right up in your face grinder type, but are also scoring. So if it gets to that, I think Colorado still has the manpower for it. Like, I really like him in this series. And I mainly, the same point I made against the Kings, I just don't trust the Edmonton goaltenders. So I just think they're, they're I don't want to call it luck, but they're, you know, the, the clock's going to strike midnight on this Edmonton run. But good for them finally get to the conference finals. You know, a couple years ago where they were supposed to make the deep run, they get screwed over with the Kessler no goalie interference call. You know, and then they had all those years where they had so many high expectations and just never had the right goalie to be the guy. And Smith has certainly, you know, helped them get to this point. But to think that he goes up against one of the most prolific offenses in hockey, you've granted seen the opposite where the highest scoring team last year, last series or from the season in the last series got completely shut down by one of the best. And this is the exact opposite. So yeah, I'm going to, I agree with you, Mark. I think the, I obviously picked the avalanche to win the Stanley cup from the get go, but I do think probably, I don't want to say in five, cause I want to give more credit to McDavid. He's going to have a game where he just goes on an absolute tear, but I, I'm going to think here probably in six for the avalanche. I mean, just, just one quick point, Greg, before you come in, but uh, Mike Smith, 40 years old. And I like how much more like this playoffs are a grind, right? Yeah, Every other exactly. day or so. Like, uh, and then, you know, these two teams are both averaging 4.3 goals a game. Uh, Edmonton's number one with 4.33 and Colorado's number two in the playoffs with four, just 4.3. So like, I mean, yeah, Oilers offense have been able to bail out Smith and give him a nice cushion, but you know, Avalanche is just going to match them. So yeah, that's been their recipes for success. But I guess the other side of it too is like Kemper didn't see that many shots through the first couple series because of how good that Colorado defense is. So yeah, if they're able to like Edmonton's really fast. So if they're able to get a ton of shots off, but Kemper has been really good throughout the regular season. He's had some ups and downs, which is probably why I'm thinking six sounds right. But even if it goes to seven, it's in Colorado. Colorado has been really good at home in the playoffs. I know they dropped one to St. Louis there. Or actually they dropped two because it went to six, but I don't know. It's still tough to think that in a, a do or die game, I guess like, you know, it's Connor McDavid. So he can do, you know, he could put the team on his back and do it, but it's hard to think that putting the entire team on your back against a, you know, 20, how, you know, 22, 23 man roster of just studs that are perfectly built is, it seems like it, it seems like Matt Everest. Can I have two things just that came to mind. Can McCarr skating backwards, keep, keep up with McDavid full speed going forwards. That'll be fun to watch. And then, yeah. and then the other one, like we got two kind of shit stirs on each team with Kadri and Kane. I want to see that. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't even mention Kadri with the Kane aspect. That's such a good point. I can believe like we, we had this whole crazy series with him in, in St. Louis. We had fucking your boy, Jordan Bennington, Greg's boy, I should say. Um, I just want to stir him up here throwing the water bottle and then saying it was a God-given act or whatever the hell he said today about why he did it. So, yeah, no, they have the guy to go against the nose grinding and Kane and Hyman and all those guys. They have Kadri, and Kadri's been holding his own in that way. He hasn't gotten suspended. He knows he's on a contract here. He's playing incredible. But, Greg, can you back up the God-given acts of your boy, Jordan Bennington? I'm so happy that Jordan Bennington got benched all season. And then got benched in the playoffs <laughs> multiple times. Um, yeah, I mean, 
real quick, I don't know that do you think McCarr is, is matched up with McKinnon? Do you think that's the matchup that Colorado wants? Do you think they want that like McCarr to take over, or is he too much too important in the offense? McDavid? Sorry, what I say? You said McCarr and McKinnon. Yeah, sorry. I mean both fast forwards, best two players in the league. They're both you know, they both have the Irish sounding names. Dude. There was just some crazy lightning and thunder, and now there's like a an air horn going on outside my window. Um, sorry. Okay. So I escaped All the right, ambulances, and now we have you with the the air horns. This is uh. We're back. All we right, never um, we never escaped the yeah. outdoor noise. <laughs> wait, so we, wait. Okay. So, um, Kadri. No, I don't want to get into that. I want to talk about Edmonton chances against Colorado. I think ultimately goaltending notwithstanding. I mean, there's a reason why, I mean, the blues aren't necessarily a perennial offensive team. I mean, has, has Colorado really been challenged by an offensive team? You know, that has, I guess that's sort of the, no. the larger question. Yeah, that, no, right? Like haven't. exactly. Cause like Dallas is a joke in terms of their offense and always will be. And the blues just grind teams down. So no, I don't, I mean, Nashville this will be interesting. First round. Okay. Sorry. This will be interesting to see. Not an offensive team. Yeah, not a lot. Their best player was a defenseman who I think should win the Norris, but uh, different pod for a different day. Um, anyway, the I mean, Colorado's out here, like you said, the depth, the not only off, not only forward scoring but defense scoring. They get it from all angles, and it's just one of those things where something's going to break eventually, right? It, it's either going to be. Edmonton's offense being shut down by this great defense, or it's going to be Colorado's defense being broken down by this offense, right? That's the matchup everyone wants to watch. Obviously, McKinnon has highlights and McDavid has highlights, but realistically, we're watching this defense, this versus this offense, uh, Edmonton's offense and Colorado's defense, just to see, you know, the ultimate matchup here, um, which I couldn't be more excited about. I think this series is primed and like like mark said the two best players we've been waiting for this matchup for who knows how long now it's just something that everyone's wanted forever and uh we're finally getting it and especially they're in their peak right they're in their peak and that's that's the hope and goal that's all you can ask for is to get them in their peak you know it's not like crosby ovechkin like crosby ovechkin that's a perfect example right that's what you wanted for all those years in a row and we got it and now we have it in the west coast this is the first time we're getting that matchup so i'm excited for it and uh, I think Colorado wins in six, five. I mean, I'm I'm similar to you guys. I guess if I had to pick one, I I'll say six. I'll give McDavid a little bit of credit just because I was shocked that they curb stomp Calgary like that. But um, I don't know that they have as much success against uh, Colorado. No, I totally agree. Do you think uh, in that series we mentioned a little bit the controversial no goal at the end of the Battle of Alberta? Do you think it should have been a goal? I didn't see a kicking motion. I think he was legit trying to stop. Um, and Mark, you know, probably knows that play better because as a defenseman, I mean, as a forward, you're trying not to get clotheslined. Uh, but maybe Mark as a defenseman will have a better, different view. But I don't know. I just feel like he was trying to stop. I don't think there was any intention to kick it. I, I mean, if you look, his head's not even looking down at the ice. His head, he's, he's being hit, so his head's like up. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He, there's no yeah, puck yeah. awareness. It would be, it'd be different if his head was down. He's like, oh shit, let me react and put my foot there. But it was, 
head up and he was trying to stop. So he didn't hit the goal, but um, ultimately I don't think it wouldn't matter. I, I still, I don't know that if Calgary wins that game, I don't know that Calgary actually comes back and wins the series. So yeah, that was my thought as um, well Is my immediate takeaway was that it looked good. Like it looked like it was not a kicking motion in high speed and then slowing it down. Like you see his leg come in. I think what the NHL probably decided was it was like the inside of the foot coming through and that's what hit it. Like it looks like he's stopping, but then the inside, like the slow-mo it's why like with replay, I always like, I always get bogged down by the high speed versus the slow-mo replay where they decide with that. It's the same thing with like targeting and football. I, you know, they like determine like, Oh, he hit the head, but it was, you know, this bang, bang play in, in fast play. But you know, in that in a college game, they get thrown out when they like slow it down and it's like, Oh, his head did get knocked over to the side and it hit the other head. And I'm not trying to downplay concussions or anything, but like, it's like that with the target right. rule is what I'm getting after. But Mark, Craig was, was saying, what do you think? Yeah, I'll, um, I watched that live, but just, and I'll give my comment a separate, just going back to the series as a whole, like the first game was nuts. Flames oh, yeah. nine, six win. Like, and yeah, I thought was, like, it no, was nothing. It was, then it was five, one and they came all the way back. And, yeah, that was a that was a red flag though for me. Like the Flames, you're not gonna if you win nine six, that you're not gonna keep beating them with a shootout style like that. Um, and who would have thought that would have been their only win of the series? Freaking one game. Um, I mean, I had the Flames going to the finals, so look at me. But like in earlier in that game, they were talking about Game Five. I think there was a record broken for yeah. So. Oilers Flames set an NHL record with four goals in 71 seconds. That was nuts. I turned on the TV right in the middle of that. I was like, holy shit. But as for that goal, I thought it was, I thought it was a good goal. Like he, the goalie got beat. It squeaked through his legs and the guy was just driving to the net. Like he didn't, I think that the very end, um, the, what he did with his leg, like he didn't, I think he was just trying to stop though. Right. He didn't really kick it, but his skate, uh, he kind of did something with his foot that looked a little sketchy, and that's yeah, why they turned the called it back. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. And the slow mo looks weird, and but, like, but that's why I don't like the slow mo versus fast versus high yeah. speed. The goalie got beat with a squeaker. The guy that's was driving. The, the guy was driving in the net with the defenseman right on him, and he happened to just the skate happened to just kick it in as he was stopping. Like, that's a goal. I Again, think that should have been a goal. That's that's what I mean. Like you can t- even slow mo or not slow mo. Like just because his foot fucking jiggles that could be a muscle spasm that could be like he's not strong enough to actually stop that could be someone's pushing him from behind like that's such a bs thing and and not to get bogged down because again i don't i don't don't, even if they lose that game i don't think that calgary actually can win the series from there but my my point is that like it's such he like mark said he's trying to stop his head's up you know he's not looking at the ice again if he was looking at the ground sure you could make an argument but his head's up. You know what I mean? Like he, he doesn't know where the puck is. There's no, there's no puck awareness. It doesn't feel good going into the net full speed. Like that hurts. Yeah, he's sure. trying yeah, to stop. Especially with, especially without a cage on. Yeah, uh, anyway, sorry, Jordy. No, no, no. I was, I was agreeing. It's, it's. I don't mean to keep repeating myself, but it's why I don't like the, I the slow mo high speed thing. But I did come. I joked around about this in my one hockey group chat. Of one guy called said it was the the Des Bryant no touchdown of the of hockey and i joked maybe the nhl they were like oh we want some controversy we want them to talk about it on sports center instead of lebron had a glass of wine we need some talk we need espn to actually you know cover this even though they had the game on and you know maybe they maybe they wanted to stir up some controversy 
You know, Jordy, that's the second or third time you've tried to get me to to speak ill will of of the channel that shall remain nameless. But I'm happy that we're getting I'm happy we're getting the the TNT broadcast. The and and that's all that matters. Jordy, for all our listeners out there who are, are gambling fans, yeah, we know going into the series, each team is one and two in the NHL playoffs, four point three goals a game. Uh, the over under going into tonight's game was six and a half. Um, that would have been an easy over. And um, yeah. as we're doing this pod right now, it's fifteen minutes left in the second, four three. Colorado already broke that six and a half with seven goals. So I did indeed, and I forgot to place a bet on. Uh... The second period over, I was going to do the Oilers just at one, which would be pushing right now. But uh, yes, no, it's been insane of just how good both offenses are. And like, if this is the run and gun, like Colorado's winning right now, and that's and that's all good and dandy. But like, I think they have the muster to stay up with it. We're seeing this though. What we were talking about, if Kemper didn't see a lot of shots in either series, I know that from being in a, a daily fantasy pool. I almost said which one. No free ads. Um, if you want to sponsor us, uh, the one that actually they might they both might be based in New Jersey, but the one with the crown, if you want to sponsor us, that's great. But right now the Oilers have, I'm just looking at the live stats. The Oilers have taken, oh yeah, just 11 shots or 14 shots and Kemper has, has 11 saves. So like he's right now is his save percentage in the first two rounds is just over 900. Whereas like Smith is at 920. You've seen, like, Ottinger's still up there in terms of uh, leading for statistics in top 10 because he was that good in the first round. But, like, we've seen all this different, all all these great different stats. And I, I don't know. That's, like, the one thing that's a weird wrinkle in Colorado is that if this is going to go run and gun, this could be these high-flying, high-scoring games. And we know that Colorado's that good, and Mike Smith is not going to stay that good good for a while. Water finds its level. And so I totally On cue. On cue, as you're saying, Smith, I don't know if you can handle it. He just gave up another goal. So five, three, five, now, three now. All right. Yeah. That is, uh, that is good to know because I took a lot of avalanche players in my pool tonight and I'm in first place, which I'll probably end the game. Oh, I'm in first place by 13 points. That's awesome. Anyway, should we move on to the Eastern Conference? What's everyone's prediction? One quick, quick sentence. What's everyone's prediction Abs of six. this series? Abs and six. I got abs and five. I like it. Yeah, I'll go. I want to say five, but I think McDavid gets two games, so abs and six. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, Mark, you mentioned this before, and I was wondering this earlier today when I was doing research of the New York Ranger fans. You guys as Boston fans, what is your opinion of the Rangers and their fans? I mean, I w- so I went to – Kent school in Connecticut, boarding school, and there's a primarily there's New York fans. And I mean, one thing, they're very, very passionate. They they, they love to brag about how they're New York Rangers fans. They love to let you know that. Um, I went to a game at MSG. That goal song's awesome. The atmosphere is awesome. So I kind of like it's fun to be a part of it. I I mean, it's just I, I'm just it's, pre, it's purely just a Boston New York thing. Like I don't hate them, but I, it's fun to hate on them. They're also all Yankee fans. So, so that's why I wonder. Yeah. It go, usually not, goes Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and then Mets, Jets, Islanders. So is that, does it's that not, get into it? It's, it's not personal. I respect their passion, and um, when they're doing well, it's just annoying to me. So it's as simple as that. 
Greg, what about you? Oh, wow. Colorado squared again. Um, I don't kill McCarr. What a stud. Unless he got tipped. Uh, honestly, I don't know that uh, a goalie change. I don't, I don't think that – to me, the thing that's always bothered me about New York fans, um, and I have a little bit of different perspective than Mark just because I grew up in Boston area and then moved to New York, uh, you know, in my preteen or teen age. So, you know, I basically was around all New York fans. It's all these people who – and every fan base has them but comes around just for playoffs – yeah, right yeah. and come around just just when their things are doing well and for whatever reason maybe it's just a New York thing but New York fan Ranger fans are specifically almost as not as bad as Nick fans I feel like Nick fans are Nick fans there's no like you're either a Nick fan or you're not Bing bong. but Rangers fans yeah Rangers fans for whatever reason Rangers fans for whatever reason they come out of the woodwork whenever the Rangers have a big game whenever they do well whenever they, like out of nowhere, yes, I'll give you the diehards, I'll give you the regulars, but no team I feel like has more fair weather fans than the Rangers, in my opinion. Uh, and it's so frustrating because, like, it's just because they have too many people that live in New York that, like Mark said, go to Madison Square Garden and, oh, we're going to go watch a game. Oh, the Rangers, we're all fans, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you're just – you like them because they're they're having a big game and they're in the playoffs now. But catch me next season when they're back to on the breadline and not doing as well. So, um, but this, we shouldn't be talking about the Rangers fans. We're talking about the two teams. Um, I just wanted the opinion. I was thinking about Tampa, that today. who hasn't like, played. They're all Yankee fans. Tampa, I can get well, Greg stirred up get, about the Yankees. No, nah, I mean Yankee fans are a whole separate thing because I've turned a corner on Yankee fans. It's a similar thing with Yankee fans, but. Again, the Yankee fans that we saw are are not the average fan and not, not the people that, like, there's no way I'm going to say this without being controversial. So I'll just say the average Yankee oh, fan please. is not the fans that we grew up right. that we grew Like up I with. said about the, the previous series, we need some controversy. No, I meant more of, like, socially unacceptable comment. Um, oh. oh. Anyway, what I'm saying is, <laughs> These two teams, I mean, let's start with Tampa, and then we'll get into – I want to end with the goalie debate, but let's start with Tampa. I mean, Mark can talk about it more, but this team banged up going into the playoffs. The first game, they looked old and slow. In the very first game of the playoffs, old and slow, looked like they were done. What'd they do? Curb stomped. What'd they do the next round? Curb stomped. It's just rinse and repeat every year with them in the playoffs. You know, some get in the playoffs. That's all you need to do two years, whatever. And then now, okay, big stars come out, best goal in the league, best defenseman in the league, you know, arguably the, the two best combo player of the league, you know, Dreitzel and McDavid. But then you look at what, um, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov have done in terms of cups and their own longevity of, of skill and greatness. Um, so to me, it's just, we're watching and witnessing something special. Um, and I guess as a Patriot fan, you know, we can appreciate it as, you know, and, and enjoy the moment as opposed to being a hater and and trying to make things up like a certain network does to, to end the rain, um, which still hasn't worked, but, um, you know, this is, this is sort of something that, uh, 
something special to see. And I think Tampa, Tampa being here is, should be no surprise, but at the same time, if you if we all on this podcast were like, "Hey, end of the season, this team does not have it this year." Game Whoa, one, this I team does not have the it this year. Hold the phone. Okay, all right. Well, you just did it because you were like, whatever. Anyway, the point is, shouldn't have been surprised. And uh, this team, I, something I wanted to mention. You mentioned Hyman in the last series. He was such an integral part in the Tampa series. Their Tampa won their first cup. They just replaced him. You know what I mean? They just found someone else to replace him. And, and every year, every year, they, they somehow find these second, third line guys that do uh, third and fourth line guys that, that figure it out. And now they're healthy. They have a whole, they've had two weeks off essentially to, to get healthy. And um, Sorelli, right. He got hurt pretty badly. And hopefully this has given him the chance to recover and get things right. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, there's a ton of depth. You're exactly right with the bottom six comment of just they've picked up different dudes. They picked up Corey Perry, who was on the Habs last year when they played when he lost to them. And he's been great for him, even though he's he's minus two. Somehow there's players on Tampa that's minus two uh, or that are in the minuses. I know Braden Point missed the whole last series. so That's notwithstanding. But him, Kalorn, who's minus three, but still has four assists like these guys that just they grind it out. They're that good. And like Nick Paul, who ended up being the hero against the, the Maple Leafs in game seven, like they have these guys that just figure it out. Ross Colton's on an absolute tear, eight points in 11 games from a guy that I feel like none of us could probably have named going into the playoffs. And he's been awesome throughout this whole run. And then they have that top, the over the top duo where they can just fucking do the bane and just break the bat, which they might do. You know, there's probably some sort of Gotham reference in there with New York, but you know, you know, it's just incredible to see. And you mentioned Hedman and just how, much of a difference maker he is. I know you want to save the goalie talk for the end, but it it is just so impressive that this team figures out, like you hear, you hear the, like the phrase turn the switch on in the NBA because of all the, you know, the load management and all that kind of stuff. For the last two years, Tampa has been the three seed in their division and then just turns the switch when the playoffs start. And it's just business as usual. We're going to grind you out. I mean, look at that game six, right? They were down, Two nothing, and they end up winning that overtime game against Toronto in Toronto, or no, it was in Tampa. But they were still down two nothing. Yeah, Game Seven was in Toronto. Poor, poor Maple Leafs fans. Poor, uh, whatever they call Jurassic Park for for hockey. Poor those kids. Um, but anyway, they still Tampa just they figure it out and, and get the job done. We didn't even mention Pat Maroon, who could potentially win four Stanley Cups in a row, which would be absolutely insane to think about. There hasn't been a three-peat since the Islanders dynasty in the 80s. So there probably there hasn't there I don't think there's been someone that's won three Stanley Cups in a row si- probably since then. If not, there might be somebody in the 2000s, but still, you know, the fact that he could win four in a row is absolutely insane. But Mark, what do you think about this team? Then we'll jump over to the Rangers. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting series. I mean, Tampa Bay's had a long layoff here. They haven't played since May 23rd, so it'll be like it'll be nine days since from last Monday to this Wednesday to when they play. Uh, and Rangers have won two game sevens. They beat Pittsburgh in seven, and they beat uh, Carolina in seven. I mean, going down to Carolina and beating them when they were undefeated at home was impressive. That took a lot of balls. Um, but they only get one night off, right? They played last night, Monday night. They get today, tonight off, and they're back at it tomorrow. Um, I mean, the Rangers haven't faced a goalie anywhere near to Vasilevsky's record. I mean, Vasilevsky is, in his last five starts, he is 5-0 uh, and with 
0.8 goals against average, 978 save percentage. This guy's on another level. He doesn't lose after two games in a row. He's pretty much undefeated after that. Uh, the, range, the, the Rangers haven't faced a goalie like him. They beat, what, Pittsburgh's third-string goalie, and then they beat Carolina uh, as, like, backup in game seven. They piped in three goals and, like, 12 shots on him right away after uh, what's-his-face got hurt. I can't remember Carolina's goalie, but uh, it's going to be – yeah, yeah, Rata. And um, so Rangers in the regular season were 3-0 against Tampa, but we all know, I mean, as Greg mentioned, if Tampa just waits to the playoffs, that's when their real season starts. It's gonna, it's a whole new, uh, not ball game, but, you know, it's a whole new level of play in the playoffs. Um, so that 3-0 three, three and three nothing record really means nothing in the regular season. Um, are the Rangers hurt? They played two series that went seven games and then uh tampa swept last series they, they've have a, a veteran group they've had a lot of rest now uh brayden point is that like is he going to be back he's doubtful he hasn't practiced yet um and that might come back to bite them um, later on they, they like they'll they will miss him like i don't kucherov can he keep it up i mean you're gonna need that secondary scoring obviously of stamkos and other guys but um they will miss points as we'll a point Point not practicing, I feel like that's the yeah, biggest news big. right now. I feel like he he needs to be on the ice for them to sweep and, and or do dominate, I should say. They'll still be fine, but I think him not playing is the biggest news, in my opinion. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, in the last point, and then you guys can go, but like Vasilevsky, I, I know I, I say this all the time, goaltending. I, this is my line, it's the most important. Uh, position in hockey especially playoffs um so dominant that the panthers freaking went out to the strip club the night before game four they knew they had no chance like, what, what else are we gonna do we might as well do this like sweeping them and their panthers were my stanley cup pick i mean i'm not scared to say it i thought thought they were that good but um tampa bay like can they do three in a row and are we going to get the series, the Stanley Cup that everyone, that was the obvious choice, Avalanche Lightning? Um, we'll see. Easy road to get here. I mean, obviously Carolina, I mean, I personally thought Carolina was poised to either Same. make it to the finals or win. So that's no easy win there. And like you said, you know, they had a tough first round matchup too. So are you surprised? This, I mean, this Rangers team surprised everyone in the bubble, right? That was their big breakout year. All these guys, you know, Zabinijad and sort of. No, they had, didn't. Had they a... lost in the bubble because then they got the Lafreniere. No, my... Sorry. The the season of the bubble when, when Zabinijad yeah, sort yeah, of came before, out of nowhere uh, and set things up. Yeah. And sort of built the, the groundwork for this sort of two, three year thing that's been happening. Now they have a goalie. It seems like to, to do well, even though he got pulled, um, in a game last series, but um, what do we think about uh, the Rangers road to get here? And, and then, you know, their shot against their chances against Tampa. Yeah. I never said it was going to be an easy, I never said it was an easy road. I just said they haven't faced a goalie. I did. No, I, I don't think it's been that easy um, for them so right, far. Beating Crosby, Malcolm, not an easy thing to do. And then, yeah. yeah, Carolina. We saw how good they are. Yeah, um, I was surprised by that. That that shocked me. They just haven't been. They haven't faced an elite goaltender yet, so I mean, that's totally different. Some of those shots that went in, you know, you're gonna have to get the score in a different way. I mean, but 
just yeah, never, specifically yeah, right. soft goals. Specifically, some of the Rangers players like Zibanejad. I I did not know he was this good. Like he is stud. The nutty uh, so thing about Zibanejad is that so he was with Ottawa for three seasons. In the three seasons, or I guess four, but three full seasons, he had 16 goals, 20 goals, 20 goals. He had only eclipsed 50 points once. But then they decide to trade him to the Rangers for Derek Broussard in a seventh-round pick, and they sent Zibanejad in a second-round pick to the Rangers. When the Rangers were still, like, this is before they decided to do, like, the semi-rebuild. That's brought them certainly to the point that they are now. But what the fuck were the Senators doing? I mean, granted, he, like, got hurt immediately, but he still, like, he was on pace to get to eclipse 20 goals again, then 27 in, in 1718, 30 in 1819, 41, as Greg mentioned, in the COVID-shortened year, and then 24 and 29, which is just insane. Like, how, how they decided to give him up, I, like, I didn't realize the trade happened in 2016. I thought he was a part of that Senators team that almost made the finals. But, no, they gave him up for Derek Broussard for that run, which is insane to think about. Yeah, and, like, it's almost – I mean, I don't want to equate it to, to Jake DeBrusque because Jake DeBrusque is a terrible person to relate it to. But it's almost like that sort of – you know, it's been four years, his rookie contract, he hasn't filled up to it. You know, we don't – basically, we don't trust him or his game but 20 to ever goals, work. Like a 20-goal score, those those are hard to come by, even in the high-scoring games now. Yeah, I get – I don't know. You're going to trade like back to a 20-goal score, back-to-back 20-goal score, and a second-rounder for, I guess, like 2016 Broussard. But still, that's insane. It was like a cap-dump type situation. That's a bad trade. Yeah, it's a bad trade. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers also stole Panarin, too. So They didn't steal him. They got him on the free agent market. Which that but is an underrated that, like... part of this series, is that the last time Panarin saw them was when Panarin led the Blue Jackets in a sweep of Tampa. So now there's a little, you know, little story there. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this Rangers team, Fox might, I mean, we, I know we, we were talking about McCarr, but, and. I mean, Adam Fox, reigning Norris champ, so, or winner. Fox, so. and, and then I said Yossi, but Fox might be, I mean, the things he did last series and the fact that he had, as many points as or you know, leading the team in points and all this that you know, he's just he's stirred behind McDavid and Dry Saddle for points in the playoffs. Uh it's just what he's doing is ele- he's elevated his game that much more. He's a proven winner. He won in college. You know, he knows no, he didn't sorry, he didn't win in college, but he knows what to do this time of year. Pretty good um, UMass. You know, he's no he went no, to Harvard. McCarr went to UMass, right? Yeah, McCarr went to UMass. Yeah. Um but he's just—he's also a guy that chose his spot, right? He—he—he he, he did the whole VC thing, right? Or wasn't? Or was that? Am I getting them confused? No, Adam he, like, Fox has been like Rangers. Adam Fox is another one that's like a bunch of teams gave up on him. He was drafted by Calgary, and they traded his rights to Carolina, and then Carolina traded him to New York. Just kind of random. And then he too, got, I think. And then he got. Then, then, got they, then he just curb stomped them. Curb stomped them. But no, yeah, so. Um, I think this Rangers team is like, you know, Reeves has brought a whole new attitude to them. You know, that super tall defenseman, uh, the kid from Canada, he's elevated his game in the last two years. Yeah, he's elevated his game in the last two years. I mean, this, they're they're the right kind of, 
yeah, they're the right kind of young, right? This is the beginning of their thing. They have some veteran leadership, veteran being Zabinajad and Panarin, who are still super young and in their prime, you know, and then, and then you get the Reeves. Yeah, Kreider, who's been good since he's been in the league. You get Reeves, who brings that physicality. You get Miller and Fox and all these young stud defensemen. We didn't even mention Andrew you know, Kopp, the trade deadline. Bar- Barclay, Goodrow. He was yeah, on Tampa Bay's last two Stanley Cup teams, and now he's uh, on yeah. the Rangers. Yeah, and then and then you throw in a good goalie or, or a rookie goalie, you know, flash in the pan. No, he's not a rookie player now. Like, sorry, like a Bennington type uh, flash in the pan goalie here, and and uh, you know, my opinion. But anyway, you, you so get a good no goalie, winner. you get a good goalie, and you add that in. It's it's a it's a scary combination. I mean, is it enough to beat Tampa? That's that's the question. I mean, Igor. So you mentioned it in the. COVID shortened year Wait. was 10 and two in his rookie. I guess technically that would that count as a rookie year? I don't know, but he was 10 and two with a nine thirty two save percentage last year, took a step back nine sixteen. this year, nine thirty five, nearly two goals against average. So like, I think it's not flash in the pan there. We're starting to see the, the a excellent career, which just kills me that the Rangers had Henrik Lundqvist forever they never won him a Stanley Cup, but he was still awesome. And now they have another dude who looks awesome. Damn it. Mike Richter, a- Lundqvist, yeah. now Igor, and like Flyers have been struggling to find a goalie. You might, Hart, might have ruined Carter Hart. Hart. Yeah, you not, ruined let's Carter not, Hart. Let's not, let's not dive Hart. down that path. We don't need to talk about that shitty franchise. Ruined Carter guys might My- get Johnny Gaudreau, though, I heard. That's a different podcast for a different day. Listen, all I'm saying is, just like Bennington, you can't... Well, we're going to get into the goalie debate after this. Let's get into the goalie debate after this. I want to talk about predictions, and then we can do the goalie debate. Yeah, well, so I was going to say this. I, I Well, I guess I'll say, save it for the goalie debate of the Igor got pulled in the Pittsburgh series stuff. But my thought, too, on the Rangers, because I didn't really give a total one. Andrew Kopp, I mentioned it. Trade deadline acquisition has been awesome for them. Guy who just been kind of a role player in Winnipeg and now is really he's still like I guess technically a role player, but he's third on the team in points. And Kreider, who has eight goals, but like the guy scored fifty over the course of the season. Like if he pops off, this could be you know, it, it could be really interesting to see. Lafreniere, seven points, fourteen games. They haven't like you're right, Greg. They're the right kind of young. I made the point going into the first round, like, you know, they might be too young and maybe they were too big for the moment, but they certainly they looked it back of being down 3-1 and did it again against the Penguins. They've done it against the Crosby and Malkin Penguins a couple different times now. They've done it against Ovechkin. They've done it, I think, against someone else. It wasn't the Flyers, so don't try to throw that at me. But um, still, like, this team, I, like... Can, what were you saying? As I say, can I ask you a question about that pre- the pressure point that you're talking about? Yeah. Them not feeling the pressure, them being young. You know, you could argue that Toronto's just as young, but Toronto... Toronto's sort of the team that has all the pressure in the East. I feel like everyone, all these young teams, Carolina, you know, all these young teams don't have any pressure on them because everyone in the East is like, oh, the young up-and-coming team is Toronto. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are, everyone's almost benefiting from the fact that Toronto is who they are in terms of their lack of ability to win uh, playoffs. Yeah, yeah but, not true. Sorry. I think my only pushback to that is now that, like, a number of guys in that Toronto core have been in the league for so long, and it's been however many years in a row that they've, you know, gotten, have not gotten out of the first round. They've gone to however many game sevens in a row in, in the first round, and 
have blown a 3-2 or in the bubble year they blew a 2-1 because it was a five-game series lead to Columbus. And, like, you know, now they're kind of coming to the end of it. I know they have a couple UFAs and everything. So, like, the only pushback I have is that maybe the Rangers then get that pressure being an original six team as well, being in New York. Maybe Carolina gets it because they've had a couple years of, you know, some success. Obviously, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago with a completely different goalie and a number of different guys in their roster. But, like, maybe one of those teams does now take that mantle from the Leafs, depending on what happens with it. Obviously, you know, Matthews is still going to be there, and he is right up there in terms of top players, top billing guys that you want to hear about. So that might just keep, like, maybe that, maybe this, the pressure point doesn't move just yet, but, like, it's still something to watch out for because this is something that we've been saying since the Rangers won that Lafreniere pick of they're going to be really good, and now we need to see what they're going to be able to do. But to get into predictions, I don't think they have the stuff and I know we want to go into the goalie talk in a second but I, I just don't think they have the stuff to go a full seven game set against Vasilevsky Mark mentioned it I think the last time he lost two in a row was the sweep against the Blue Jackets in 2019 which is just an insane run to go upon and it you know eventually is going to fall and, and all that kind of stuff but I just think the experience the depth it's going to be a little, and like the Rangers have good depth too we've talked about it with a number of guys here that they have and that can you know, play good roles, but I just think if you if we went line by line, which might get boring for the listeners, it eventually just catches up to them, and I think Tampa takes this down. I know that it starts at MSG because the Rangers have more regulation wins, so I like Tampa in six. I like them to close it out at home. Yeah, I mean, I I think if if Panera needs to step up, he hasn't been playing to his level of capability, like. He's a point-of-game guy, if not more. In this playoffs, he's 11 points in 14 games, and at times I've watched them, and he's looked like a ghost out there not doing anything. Like, he had one game where he had three points, and mostly he's been over in a lot of games. Like, And if you put Stick Kedman on Zibanejad, shut him down, that's like, where's the rest of their offense going to come from? Uh, I don't think Cop can keep it up the way he's been doing. I mean, uh, Tampa Bay's just got waves of lines they can come at you with, and like I said earlier, Rangers haven't faced a goal like Vasilevsky. Um, I think Tampa in five games. Okay. Greg, what do you think? I'm going Tampa in seven. I think they – Tampa, I think we've seen this before. Teams that sit for an extended period of time just come out that you think it would help, but it, it hurts almost. You know, the Rangers are moving, they're buzzing, they're feeling hot, they have the confidence, you know, they they have the sort of, I don't want to say revenge tour, but they have that sort of, uh, like, when you're chasing someone, it's always easier to chase than being chased, right? The Lightning are the ones who are being chased, and, and sort of the Rangers are, are the underdog, if you will. They're, they're playing a, with chip on their shoulder, and uh, despite being the higher seed. So, you know, I just think that this – it's going to be closer in terms of games than I want it to be. Um, but I, I really hope that, I mean, Tampa and seven is what I'm going to predict. Um, sorry for the long answer, but I hope that it's a heartbreaker rips all the Ranger fake Ranger fans hearts out and, and uh, you know, they'll go home crying. Um, <laughs> but I hope it's five or six, like you guys said, but I think it's going to be ultimately seven. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, like just to like play into this of seven games, 
like maybe the Rangers come out hot in the first game. Vasilevsky doesn't lose two in a row. Then they go back to Tampa. And it's just tough. Like if the, if the Rangers don't win both games in New York, it's hard to see this game, this series go long. I know, like granted, the Rangers have been really good at home and we can get into the goalie debate now if we want. And like how Shesterkin has bounced back from a not a very great Pittsburgh series and how well he played in that Carolina series, especially where it was low scoring. But it's just hard to think like, the Rangers have to win those first two games and see what happens there. They've been really good with their backs against the walls and five straight elimination wins and all that stuff, but it's just really hard for me to think that it could go the distance. I mean, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Just gonna say, unless like Truba takes out Kucherov, like he did Crosby, or the Panarin. or the last time they were in the conference finals, or no, it wasn't the last time they were in the conference finals. They lost in seven to Tampa when they last time they went to the Stanley Cup final. Kreider took out. Gary Price, so maybe, you know, maybe uh, Chris Drury is like, hey, do it again. I think this rest, Greg, I know what you're saying. Like, it, sometimes it can hurt, but like a team like Tampa, who knows what it takes. Uh, they already went into a hostile environment in Toronto, one of the original six teams. I think they're going to slay another original six teams. They know they're used to that type of atmosphere, the crazy, intense fan base. Uh, this rest is just going to help a veteran team like that, I think. Um, it won't hurt them. I mean, Cooper's an experience. He's probably, you know, had some in, intense practices, keep them in shape. Uh, also mixed with some light walkthroughs. I think, I think it'll help them. I, 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 I hope it's a tighter series than what I said, five games. Cause yeah, I want to watch so much hockey, but I, I don't think I like there, this is a historic run we're witnessing and it's just like, we should just appreciate it. I, I ultimately, I think Colorado will beat them in uh, Stanley Cup, but uh, that's a time for another podcast. Discussion for another yeah, podcast. Yeah, certainly. But Greg, you want to right. start well, off the goalie point, debate? Last, last point as we're late, as it's late here, last point, because we all want to go to bed, slash, um, we're the best. Best podcast, we work hard. Um, just kidding. All these Ranger fans, uh, one in particular who's been on this pod, this pod and the baseball pod, but um, <laughs> the talk of the Ranger fans is that Igor is better than Vasilevsky, the best goalie in all of hockey. You mean Andrea? And... What? Never mind. That's an inside joke. Continue. No. What's the second ball? Anyway. I, I, yeah. Um, so, so the question is, is becomes not would you rather have one or the other in the playoffs because obviously you'd, you'd want Vasilevsky but realistically who would you rather have your team right now you know would you rather have Vasilevsky or would you rather have Igor and 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 I guess we can get into who's better right obviously numbers versus numbers but you know you guys start or one of you start and you know I'll sort of give my take after but or I can give my takes first since I'm hitting you with it but you know I think Ultimately, Mark makes a great point. You know, 100%, I'd rather have Vasilevsky just because he's proven, he knows what he's doing, et cetera, et cetera. But you turn around and you look at this Rangers team, and sure, Igor did well against Carolina, but Carolina is notorious for not scoring goals. And the he made Swayman and, and Olmark look decent, right? And whatever. So, and then you turn around and it was a backup goalie they were playing against in Carolina and it still went to seven. Right. So that should tell you all you need to know about Igor's abilities. And then he goes up against a Pittsburgh team who 
is not the same Pittsburgh team of years past, but they still have the scoring. They still have some scoring semblance of what they used to have. Nowhere near what Tampa is. And he has a terrible series. He gets pulled in multiple games, et cetera, et cetera. The team ends up winning in all these shootouts because God knows Pittsburgh did not have a goalie this year. So I think it's pretty obvious who I would have in the playoffs. Um, regular season numbers notwithstanding, like I said, you know, anyone can look good in the regular season, but I think 100% I'd rather have Vasilevsky. So I too would pick Vasilevsky. I will say this about Igor. We'll, I'll finish with Vasilevsky point. Vasilevsky's 27, which is fucking insane. And how good he's been. For, he's led the league in wins for five straight seasons, and he's 27 years old. I will say this about Igor, though, and I mentioned it with him getting pulled in Pittsburgh. The one thing that we can look to is four years ago, Braden Holtby with the Capitals, and this is something for the series, too, to think about. And this might go to your – it goes to seven. Jake, Greg, because they also took down Tampa Bay, the 2018 Capitals. But Braden Holby was not good in the first couple games against Columbus. They went down 2 nothing. Gruber had to come in, had to you know change some things up. Georgiev came in for one game, looked terrible. Um, or he started one game. He came in multiple times. But Igor looked, looked pretty good. And I, I get your point. Carolina has, you know, they're offensive, but they play a very defensive style, that Rod the Bod style. And, you know, they were able to, you know, almost get it done and Igor shut him down in the final game, which is, you know, nothing to, nothing to scoff at. So th- there is something there that maybe he's catching fire right now, but I would still take Vasilevsky. The guy is the best goalie in the NHL. And I mentioned it. He's led the league in wins for five straight seasons. He's 27 years old. So even if it's a, you're starting a draft and you're taking the first goalie off the board, it's Vasilevsky. No, no question. I think Igor would come out, would come off second more so than, any goalie in the Western Conference final and a lot of other goalies that are out there. You know, Ottinger looked really great. We'll need to see, you know, continued success out of that and maybe a better Dallas team around him. But yeah, I think there's still one, two. I don't think this is a wide gap, but Vasilevsky's proven. He's still young and is fucking incredible. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, as for this debate, let's just say we're back in our teenage years and we're we are playing NHL franchise mode and there's a draft to start a team and you happen to be picking third and McDavid and McCarr are off the board who I'm picking Vasilevsky third. Like, I think he's that the third best, most important player in the league. So as for the debate, that's my answer. I love it. Greg, was this exactly what you expected? Or did you think one of us was going to take Igor? No, I didn't think any of you would take Igor because that's not the rational, uh, you know, that's not, that's not, that's an irrational point, but, my, my my problem is again the the Ranger fans coming out of nowhere, uh, even though this Ranger fan is a diehard. But um, you know they just have this belief that Igor is this the best goalie in the world, and it's like because he had one good season, and you know you're sitting here and you're like, dude, I mean you're talking about a guy who's won three cups in a row, like Mark or Jordy said, best record, best win whatever i mean he plays every other night so but he's just year in year out consistent still in his prime hasn't even reached his prime really probably just beginning his prime granted his team around him is unreal cooper system really plays well with him he's got heaven in front of him arguably one of the best defensemen if not the best defenseman in the league you know he has that offense to help and whatever but it's still you still can't take away of what he does game in and game out Right. You put 
you put Igor in, in that situation, is Igor, does he win the, those cups? You know, that I think is more maybe the debate, but I don't know that Igor does win those cups. I, you know, I, I, I think Vasilevsky makes the timely saves of the right, like, you know, like Mark said, it's no coincidence they haven't lost or they win after every loss. You know, he yeah. is a huge part of it. He's the reason why that happens. He's the reason why they won the cups. And Igor's having had a good statistical season. You're right. He's up for the MVP and definitely will probably win best goalie, um, you know, best goalie, whatever um, of the year this year. But I don't know that, I don't know that I would, even in this year's playoffs, you know, even if they win the cup, I still think next year I'm taking Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, 27, about to be 28. Four All-Stars, one Vesna, two Stanley Cups, one Conn Smythe. And since 2020, following, since 2020, following a playoff loss, 15-0 and with five shutouts. So the guy doesn't lose two in a row. How is that even a conversation? Yeah, Igor had a great year. He's a hell of a goalie. going to be one of the best goalies in the league for years to come. But this guy, like after he loses a game, I don't know what the hell he does before the game or what he does in that day in between, but something happens and he just turns into a complete brick wall, like a psycho Soviet Russian. I don't know what the <laughs> hell he's doing. Like, the guy's the from Army. a different dimension. The Blue like, Army. He's just... Spidey sense where that puck's going to be. Yeah. Five shutouts, 15 and 0 after a loss. It's insane. I just looked this up too because I happened to see it on Chesterkin's uh, Wikipedia page. He was the goalie in 2015 in the World Juniors for Russia. And you know who was on? They lost to Canada. You know who was on the Canadian team? One is obvious. 2015, you said? Yeah, 15, one is very obvious. 2015, I just gave it away. McDavid. McDavid. So the the Igor to to give an idea here, Greg. This will uh, you know, go to your. This might help you. Uh, Igor got pulled. Canada only had twenty one shots. They won the game five to four. Although Russia had a three game spurt at the end of the game, or three goals spurt to make it five four. It was five two at one point. But it's Connor McDavid, Sam Reinhardt, and Nick Patan tied for the World Junior lead at eleven points each. Max Domi ten points. They also had Anthony Duclair. They had Braden Point. They had Josh Morrissey. They had, I mentioned Sam Reinhardt. They had Nick Paul on the Lightning right now. And just insane. Just insane to see. Uh, Russia had Pavel Budavich, Barbashev. They had, they had some names in there, but just crazy that, uh, you know, it came up at the, mo- at the biggest time. I'm not, and again, Shesterkin's really good. It annoys the shit out of me that the Rangers have a really good goalie again. But, uh, again, shots. can we call it a good goalie? He had one good year. Let's like, let's call like relax. I mean, hell, I would still have Hellebuck right now. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't agree that he's one, two. You know, I, I probably, I like, I, I mean, two more years. If he can keep stuff for two more years, sure. Okay. Yes. You can have the argument, but one season does not make or break. You know, again, look at Jordan sure. Bennington. One season does not, like, he had one good year. Okay. Great. Next year crumbled. Next Versus year crumbled. Tomorrow, this year 19? crumbled. This year crumbled. My point is that, like, give, like, two, three years, if Igor continues these numbers, sure, you can have that argument. Jordy, I don't agree that when you said he's the one-two with Vasilevsky. I'd rather have three other, four other goalies, five other goalies than him. Okay. I mean, he's he stepped up big when he had to. 
in these playoffs, and it has done that for you know three, did he, two and a half straight did seasons. Did he? Did he though? He had a shit series, shit series in round one, and then he got the sh- the worst offense in the playoffs in round two. What are we talking about here? He 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 was facing a backup goalie, a thirty five year old backup who's never started a playoff game in his life. Who uh, the the chef in Pittsburgh, Duming? No, Auntie Ranta. Ranta's definitely started games. No, that was the whole thing. He didn't start until the Bruins. That was the first game he ever started. The first playoff game he ever started was the Bruins series. Really? Yeah, that was the whole. That was the whole thing. That's why it was even more of a slap in the face that the Bruins blew Bergeron's last that, that fucking year. That series was on ESPN. I wasn't really listening to their analysis. Oh, I listened to Nesson. You always got to go with the Homer. Our guy oh, Jack. They were airing Jack it on, Edwards. on. They had the what's it called? They had the the local broadcast for it. Yeah, yeah. We don't have Comcast. We don't. We have Nesson's their own independent entity. No, well, in the NBA, uh, the Sixers had their own home broadcast for the first round. That was fun. So maybe, yeah, that's yeah, good they I, still do it for the I NHL. Wonder, I wonder if they do it for the first round everywhere. Um, I'm sure they do. I'm sure I've, if the Flyers, whenever they finally figure their shit out, they'll they'll have something. They'll probably have, like, a great cast, all that random bullshit. I really hope that uh, Carter Hart gets to a team that actually, like, uses them. No, it's going to be fucking um, Sergey Bobrovsky again, although they just signed some dude to go on the Vasilevsky point. They signed some dude from the KHL, who like, which Vasilevsky came from the KHL. Who has really good numbers? So like they have a one-two punch, you know. But still, they need to. You're getting me on. A, you're getting me off topic. Nobody wants to hear about the Flyers and their terribleness and how they lost the fucking lottery again, and the Devils won it again. Another team that is just terrible. I hate New York area teams and all the former Atlantic Division teams so much. Wait, is this Bedard? Are the, are the Devils going to get Bedard? No, they didn't get. The, did they get number one? Bedard's next you year. Said they won the lottery. They won. They went up to number two. Um, so is Bedard next year, or Bedard, Bedard is next year? year. Oh, okay, so never mind. Then it doesn't but really matter. The Flyers were to draft Bedard. They're so bad at developing talent. He's going to turn into some like like some fucking beer league player by the time Shane, he's twenty five. Shane Wright. Shane Wright's Seriously. the number one this year, and then uh, Logan something is supposed Cooley. to be number two. Shane, Logan Cooley. Yeah. Here's a question, though. Back to the goalies in Russia. Do do you think this is a fun question just to look at? But like, do the Russians have the most not the most goalies, but the most elite goalies in the NHL? Yeah, like Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky, Shostakin, Sorokin. That's a really good all, question. I mean, because like, Samsonov. What we America, Americans have? What Georgiev, Arlamov, Georgiev. Americans have like Hellebuck. Is Markstrom's American, right? Hellebuck, Thatcher Demko, yeah. Markstrom's Swedish. Oh, he's, oh, yeah, that makes Andrew. sense. Yeah. Andrew and Demko are the same year, but they're real young. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely better than the Americans, and the Canadians don't have anyone good. I was about to say, I, I don't mean, think Mark-Andre Fleury, Mark-Andre Fleury, but he's over the hill, and Bennington, he's, uh, he sucks. So. Tristan Jari had a hell of a year. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but the, the Canada's not doesn't have like that number one guy like they usually do. Yeah, yeah. And now that um, Lundqvist retires, Sweden, they don't have it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think you definitely make the argument that Russia definitely has the best goalies at this point for sure. Like elite goalies, not the most, but uh, no, Saros is probably the best. It's Finland, but 
Yeah. Yeah. Jordy, what's uh, the deal with the draft? So Flyers pick fifth. Have you heard who they're thinking about taking? Is there there's any couple, talk about that? There's a couple. They're projected to take some right-handed defensemen, which would be interesting. Um, but who knows? I mean, fucking Fletcher, who, it seems like he's going to be there for it. And it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know if he's really the guy to be in charge of it. He's been, he's been tough. I mean, it's just been tough since really, I mean, probably trading Richards and Carter because the fucking dry Island bullshit and all that stuff. I mean, it's just tough that they can't develop talent. Well, anybody that's supposed to be the next guy outside of like really Joel Farabee hasn't really totally panned out. They've had all these different defensemen that are supposed to be like the next guy and different guys have retired, different guys haven't panned out. So they traded them. I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. And that I'm not going to dive down deeper on the, you know, down the, the whole what's wrong with the flyers thing, but it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's, we'll see how the draft goes. We'll see what they do in free agency. And we'll, uh, I'm sure my, I'll be excited and they'll let me down again. It's just, I've read this story before. It happens all the time. It's happening with the Phillies right now. Just always the same, same story, different year. Aside from 2017. You, should, you guys should just tank for Connor Bedard. Again, he'll be in like beer league by the time he's 24 because the Flyers don't develop talent well. <laughs> he's like a generational talent. So I know. He'll he's really good. He's really good. But, you um, won't be able to mess him up. Hopefully. I feel like he's getting as much. I feel like he's getting as much hype as Crosby got when we were growing up. I feel like well, McDavid Crosby was getting hype. Yeah. yeah, it's like every ten years, Greg. There's a guy that comes in and he's well, he, the guy. It's what? It's him, Crosby, yeah. McDavid, Gretzky, Lindros, and I don't a couple don't others that, that are that made World Juniors as a sixteen year old. I don't know about you, Jordy, but I don't know that McDavid or I don't know McDavid got the same hype. Like yeah, I did. I mean, the, he did, the but McEichel Sabers that was like a thing. I was just say. That's what I mean. Him and Eichel, like the two of them, there's there's two, right? But like we've been Bedard's been being followed since he was like 13, 14. Has McDavid been that big since that Did young? McKinnon have a have a decent following when he was coming out. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we heard I, I think like, he's from Nova like, Scotia. I feel like we heard like the Sidney Crosby comparisons. Maybe that's what it was. Do you think Jack Hughes? Do you think Jack Hughes got as much as uh, Bedard? No, Bedard's definitely got no, more. Yeah, right? Bedard's higher. Jack Hughes was in his draft year, we heard a ton about him. But Bedard, like he's sixteen, and he he's again. It's like Bretsky, Crosby, McDavid, Lindros. I think well, Jay Bedard. They, Bedard, they like got the special petition to have him play professional at fourteen, right? Wasn't that like? Yeah, he, yeah. He, I'm saying no. Making World Juniors as a sixteen year old on the Canadian team. It's like those guys, right? But, but even more impressive, he got a special exemption to play professional at fourteen. Like he's been. Yeah, for those that don't know, you know to I mean? play like, to play in juniors, it's what fifteen is an underager. Well, in Canada, I feel like it's different, you know. That's what I'm saying. In the CHL, it's like 15, you, like, can play, but your birthday has to be at a certain time. And then, like, 16-year-olds do. 17-year-olds is your draft year. 18 is overage, as we learned with Keith in our last podcast. Um, and, all, and so on and so forth. 2005 birth year. Get the out of here. Like a pedophile looking at Connor Bedard's stats. I love the – so we didn't do the last round podcast, but I love the fact that people put out that there are people that the Maple Leafs are going to draft this year that were born after their last playoff series win. Holy shit. (laughs) How fucking hilarious is that? I tried to look up to the world championships that just ended of who who were the best players in in that, and obviously not all the NHL players play because the playoffs are going on. But um, 
Canada had Chris Drager as their goalie. They finished in second. They lost in the championship game. Um, the Finns won, and their goalie was Yuho Olkindora. That sounds Jap. Uh, I pronounced that wrong. I pronounced it like it was a Japanese name. Um, yeah, none of these goalies popped out. Uh, yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois had had a decent World Juniors. David Krejci, he had twelve points in ten games. The uh, Czechia, which I didn't realize is what we're calling that country now, but they beat the U.S. in the in the bronze medal game. Yeah, so you keep saying World Juniors, you meant World Championships. Oh, did I say World Juniors? Yeah, World Championships. The uh, the big also points. Finland won. Finland won the gold in World Championships in the same year, which hasn't been done since. Or Sweden's the only only other country to do that. But no country gold has in won. World Championships and World Juniors. Yeah, in the same year. That's pretty insane. Yeah, Sweden's the only other country to do it, and it only happened once. This is uh, more impressive. The U.S. made a fourth place game after their brutal showing in at the Olympics. So at least, at least we're moving up in the world. Yeah, they were four. They were four two zero and two. So. Four wins, two overtime wins, and four losses, and came in as the fourth seed out of their division. So that's uh yeah, it's pretty impressive. Switzerland, big uh big performance from them out of their group, which included Canada, which is kind of Canada, Germany, which has some pretty good players. Obviously, Dreisaitl's not playing over there, but um yeah, pretty nuts to see. Anyway, um, Jordy, any last points about why Igor sucked or? Um, you know what? I would make all these points, and then the Rangers are just going to shove it down my throats next season. So I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> Again, Mark, I've seen this. I've seen this story too many times. Mark, give me a sleeper to watch. Give me, give me a sleeper to watch in, in terms of uh, the Oilers. Who, who actually makes a difference besides the top two guys? I'm going Hyman. Ah, shit! You took mine. I was going to say Hyman. Um, and in that case, uh, did we lose him? Did we lose Mark? No, no, no. I'm thinking. Yeah, he's um, thinking. I mean, I was gonna say Kane, but that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to find so a new Nugent Hopkins. Oh, Nugent step up. one. I'm gonna say that's Killer Yamamoto one. though on the on the Oilers. He's uh he was what third on the team in points and has been kind of quiet in the playoffs. So if he steps up, maybe that makes a difference. Duncan Keith needs to drink from the fountain of youth. For two weeks, <laughs> I like that take. But yeah, any other yeah, yeah. points? Cal McCarr is four points in two periods, so fucking, that's pretty sick. Fucking insane. That's that's all right. It's okay. That's Greg, nice. is he your is he your hockey Mike Trout? You just don't want to admit he's good. No, McDavid's nasty. I always say he's nasty. No, no, no. Cal McCarr. Oh, Cal McCarr's good. Yeah, always. All he's right. Good. You know, you I like more than good. Adam Fox. Uh, that's a that's a great question. I feel like Makar is more yeah, Makar. No question. Are you kidding me? I feel like he's. I feel like, that's I feel I like he's more. Com- he does. He I does like he's more complete. Yeah, he's more complete. He does it on both sides of the ice. He yeah, makes like unreal more, plays. Like more complete. He goes down low and actually like doesn't fuck it up. Like he scores incredible goals. He dishes the puck from below the line. And then he locks it down on defense. He's it's by far Kale McCarr. All right. How about McAvoy versus Fox? I mean, I'd take Adam Fox uh, there. Jesus, I, take, I don't know about that. I take McAvoy because he does everything. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Hits blocks. Adam Fox is having Adam such Fox, a good Adam Fox is a physical though. defender. He he does a lot. 
Yeah, he's having such a good playoffs. I know. Oh, man. It's, his numbers are stupid. I don't know how it, like, yeah, you're right. How he got traded twice before one. even making his NHL debut was insane to me. That's a that's a tough one to me. To, uh, I'd have to think about that one, McAvoy or Fox. Good news is they're both American, so they'll probably be on the same same line. They used to be deep partners, I think. In the that's yeah, no, World but they're on the weren't they on the? Who am I thinking of that went to um, Harvard Fox. and like was going to classes in between playoff games? Uh, that was Donato's kid. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, I think um, that's I think that's a good point to end. Any last thoughts? Yeah. All right. Go Celtics. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There you go. Thursday night, Golden State Warriors, Celtics. You guys feeling good? Can one feel good facing the Tampa Bay Lightning of the basketball world? <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah, I do because we match up really well against them. Hey, we always best defensive we're the only team, team in the, the winning record. Only team with a winning record against Steve Kerr as he's been when he's coached the Warriors. So we match up a lot. Wait, I'm is that true? Like I don't like. Yeah. Wow. We always play them really well because our length and like our ability, yeah, you're great defensive our team. wings. But I'm worried about how much we celebrated that uh, Eastern Conference. Like we won everything. So they need to get their shit together. Jalen Brown needs to learn how to dribble and hit free throws consistently. Um, but I like Tatum, the way he's passing the ball. Rob Williams just needs to be – if Rob Williams is healthy, which he's not right now, but if he somehow heals in two days, I like our chances. It's just such a different series than what they just played. We, we just beat Durant and Kyrie, and then we beat the best player in the world, Giannis, the most dominant. Probably It's an argument for the best. But So that's an epic run. And then the Heat. Who that shouldn't yeah. have gone to seven. I, Jimmy Butler impressed the shit out of me. And Spolster's a great coach, but um, I don't. Know. I'm I'm confident. We're pretty. Our 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 team's healthy. I think we got a good chance. But who did yeah. Marcus Smart cover? Let's start there. He can <laughs> shut down Curry. Like remember earlier in the year he hurt Curry. But yes. So I remember like four years ago we we beat them at home and like all our guys were one or two years and Curry was like after the game, like th- that team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Like, I won't be surprised if we play them in the finals one day. He said that I remember like That's 2017 sick. and here, here we are. Here you are. It's pretty sick. I'm pumped. So. Greg, while we were recording, they announced who's joining the, uh, the Saudi golf league. I'll leave you with just one. DJ. 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 Insane. I saw that. Insane. I saw his name on there. Well, he's not joining. He just signed up for the first yeah, tournament. Yeah, he signed up for the ter- first tournament, but still insane. Uh, did you see that uh, Brooks Kepa's brother? I did see that. No. What, what about his brother? He's on. He, he signed, joined he, the, he, he signed he up for the first, for the first Saudi tournament. golf event in England. And, it, oh, and wow. everyone's saying that. Everyone's saying that Brooks would have played too, but he's hurt because he's dropped out of like the last three tournaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you can you do that and the PGA, or will you kicked they've, out? Like they've said no, that's the, and that's, that's like the big question. Yeah, the PGA see. said no, but yeah, the PGA said no, but everyone keeps testing it because they're not going to kick out DJ. I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. U.S. Open certainly bringing him in. As I say, they're not kicking out DJ, so. Um, 
that's the big thing is what do they do? What do they do now? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be insane to see how this all goes, but uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Everybody, thank you for listening. Greg, Mark, thank you for hopping on and doing this. This will be great. Can't wait to catch up for the finals with you guys. Jordy, this first game of Colorado-Edmonton is looking like the first game of Calgary and Edmonton. Okay. So you're thinking that Edmonton's going to storm back? No, I'm just saying it's a weird. It's 7-5 right now, and the third period literally Holy just Holy shit. Started. I want to go. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go watch. Yeah, I'm going to go watch it as well. Both but it, teams are on their backup goalies, and it's just like, what is going on? This is, this is absurd. Oh. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. Let's go watch if, this game. If you if you ha- yeah, if you haven't watched the game and you're listening to this podcast, find a replay somewhere. Yeah, find the the NHL 10 minute breakdowns might not even be able to show every goal. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Um, get out of here, boys. Yeah, everybody, thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast, The Bullpen Cart, wherever you get your pods. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But for Greg and Mark, I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great week, everybody. And go Avs. Go Celtics. Go Celtics.